podcast is part of the Podcast Your Scene Network. Visit us at www.podcastyourscene.com.
you know, the local media has an agenda that they're going to serve. I don't know who's in charge of it or what it is, if it's like a headless monster. Why? This is a question. Walking backwards. Walking backwards. Yeah. Something sacred. I don't know the names of the creep songs. Those Running in circles. Just pop in and let play. Sea of glass. The flight and the fall. I love Ozzy. <laughs> I think he's the true definition of a rock star. <laughs> Anybody else have any interesting stories they don't want to come to Hey, this is John Lane from the Thriving Tropics of Leechburg, Pennsylvania. The Pennsylvania Rock Show, show featuring the best unsigned rock that Pennsylvania has to Thank you. 
Hey, it's Bill. You're tuned into the Pennsylvania Rock Show, featuring the best rock and metal that Pennsylvania has to offer, right here on PARockShow.com, MegaRockRadio.net, 107.1 FM, St. Louis, Missouri, RudaRooRadio.com in San Diego, California, AltRock.ca in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, XRPRadio.co.uk in Birmingham, United Kingdom, and are right here in the thriving metropolis of Leechburg, Pennsylvania, buildthescene.com. My name is Bill. This is episode number 563. You just heard Silk Nine, Tear Me Down, and Winter's Descent's new track, Fortune. Uh, with me tonight is Monica Strutt. Hi, Monica. Hello, Bill. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, I'm sure everybody picked up on that accent real quick. Not Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> so Monica is from Australia, and she is from Melbourne, if if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And she kind of covers the whole gambit of the music industry. So when, when she said, hey, I'm interested in coming on, I was like, yes. Monica, instead of me trying to say everything that you're involved in, why don't you give us a synopsis of your um, music scene and your music history? <laughs> Absolutely. So first and foremost, I'm a musician. I've been playing in rock and metal bands my entire life. I'm currently in a band called The Last Martyr, which I believe we're going to talk about later. Uh, and uh, The Last Martyr, <laughs> that's how you say it, because a lot of Americans are like, what's a martyr? I, I don't <laughs> get your accent. Um, martyr? I don't pronounce my R's. We don't pronounce that, our R's. That, that was good. Um, thank you. Um so we are, yeah, we're, we're a modern hard rock metal band. I do screams, I do cleans. Um, so musician first and foremost, um, but also I've been a music journalist um, and a digital marketer in my day job for many, many years. And um, I guess there came a point where I noticed that a lot of my peers were kind of giving up on their dreams before they really even got a chance to get to that next level. And so I decided to start a consulting business a couple of years ago, helping bands with getting publicity and well, coaching them in how to go about releasing music properly because we all have seen bands release amazing music but kind of do a couple of posts on social media and fingers crossed and hope for the best. So I now coach bands using that uh, journalism and digital marketing experience, as well as my experiences in my old bands, um, you know, my old projects to it overseas and did big supports and was starting to get label and management interests before we broke up. So drawing upon um, that experience and yeah, now I, now I work with bands on primarily their release strategy and marketing strategy and really teaching them how to fish uh, so that they can be empowered and grow their music career and eventually uh, turn that into their full-time jobs. Let's say a band is getting ready to release new music. What do you consider to be the most important aspect that they should use as a starting point? Like what is day one before they even start recording that they should start doing? I think they need to find out their target market, first of all, and really work with a producer that's going to enable them to fit nicely into that target demographic. There's a lot of bands out there that want to target, say, a younger demographic, but they're working with producers that maybe have worked with a lot of more traditional, like rock and metal bands, like 20 years ago, and they're fantastic producers, but 
the sound that comes out is not necessarily, um, I guess, fitting into the target demographic that that younger band is trying to target. Um, So obviously this looks totally different to every band and what your goals are. But I think having those goals and knowing your target demographic and working with a producer, uh, because no matter how good of a marketing strategy you have, even if you hire the best PR company out there, if the music isn't up to par and if it isn't delivering on what you intend it to deliver, uh, then no amount of marketing or PR can kind of fix that, I suppose. So getting the music right, working with a producer that can help transform your songs into the best that they can be as well and help craft the songwriting is really, really essential in my opinion. I noticed, and and this is probably going to be after the fact, but you have a 13-day music marketing challenge that starts, I think, two days from the day we're recording. Um, yes. Now, before I ask the question, is that something that will kind of be on demand later? Like, will bands be able to go see it after the fact? I would like it to be. So um, you can definitely follow me on socials to get the lowdown on that. Just send me a DM. But I think that that would be a really great idea because even though that challenge is running live, uh, starting from, you know, a couple of days from now um, and it goes for two weeks approximately, I, I think that it would be a really great idea for it to be available. So I'm going to actually take that on board. So anyone listening to this that wants to do the challenge, even though it's happened probably in the Previously, um, compared to when you're listening to this, hit me up and I'll um, I'll send you a link to where you can still access that. So yeah. can, can you give us a little bit of insight of what that 13-day that challenge entails? Yeah, absolutely. So as I sort of alluded to, um, even if you hire the best PR company, um, that doesn't necessarily guarantee your music success when it comes to getting exposure for it and getting it into the ears of listeners that are going to resonate. So this uh, PR challenge is actually teaching musicians and bands in all genres how to actually prepare uh, prior to that release coming out and prior to that PR campaign. So one of the things that we're going to be concentrating on is largely, of course, social media, um, because social media and PR really intertwine and go hand in hand uh, when it comes to leveraging that press traction that you're getting. So we're going to teach you how to optimize your social media, what kind of things you should be posting on social media, how to share those press items successfully. And we're also going to look at things like your visuals and your branding and how to make sure that that's really coming across and that you really stand out so that um, not only so that you're capitalizing on your PR campaign, but often when media outlets are looking at press releases that come through, they can't publish everything, of course. So they're going to look to your social media and say if you're not very active on there they're less likely to review you because there's really no advantage for them you're a small band you're not going to be drawing that many listeners to their website for example so if you're not going to be appearing like you're going to share the article on your socials then that's really going to be helping them make the decision that maybe they're not going to waste their time reviewing you because essentially they're doing it a lot of journalists are volunteers so they're they're trying to make decisions according to what's going to bring the most traffic to the website and be the most advantageous to their time. So 
going to teach you about all the stuff. And it's cool because it's really short, easy to digest video lessons. So it's very engaging in terms of that it's video. And it's I'm teaching day six, which is on branding and visuals and day 12, which is on pre-orders. So we're going to cover like pre-ordering albums, pre-saving on Spotify, even pre-ordering merch I'm going to cover. Um, and they're short, like 15, 20 minute lessons, just telling you like the meat of what you need to know. And um, we've got other um, other teachers in there, which are, we've got a couple of PR companies which are doing lessons. We've got a really cool independent artist and life coach, Gaia, um, who's got a fantastic social presence. We also have social media manager for Metal Injection and band manager um, named Corey in there. So yeah, it's it's not just me, it's a bunch of experts. And um, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of value in this container. It's going to be really fun. That's one of the things um, I have built to scene.com, but I'm also the vice president of firstangelmedia.com. And cool. one, of, one of the things that first angel media does is they will sit down with a band and help them with the social media as well and teaching them mm. how to beat the algorithms. So um, yeah, that's, that's awesome. not my end of things. I do the websites. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, it's, I mean, it's all sort of interlinked, but it, it's, it's important because, I mean, there's a lot of like social media marketing courses out there, but there's also a lot of fluff and a lot of like industry jargon. And like, it, it's really important that there's some spaces where musicians can go to, to get like specific information regarding social media and like disregard the <laughs> stuff that they uh, don't need to know. And just folk and, and it's hard to get like up-to-date information specifically for musicians one of the episodes that you did on being in a band was on EPKs, which is something that we do with both at First Angel Media and Build the Scene. Um, can you give the listeners kind of a fly-by-night version of why they're important and a few do's and don'ts? I don't need you to give away everything that, that you do with your business, but just you know, touch some highlights. Yeah, absolutely. So an EPK is your electronic press kit. And um, you can do these in like a PDF format or you can have hosted online press kits, which is actually my personal preference, but it is a personal preference at the end of the day. Um, so basically it's, um, it's a place and you can even send this out to media with your press release, which is basically announcing the news of what you're releasing or the tour or whatever. Um, so it's basically like the lowdown on all the necessary information to do with your band. So you've got your press photos in there. You've got your biography. You've got your music if you're submitting that for review. And it's kind of like a hub um, so that journalists or anyone else that you're sending the press kit to, with um, booking agents, that sort of thing, they get all the info that they need in one spot. And I know that that could probably be done with a website, but your website's usually aimed for more so music fans and you're going to be writing it um, in terms of like a music fan reading it, whereas your press kit is like very business orientated. It'll have a lot of stats. It'll have your social media stats, your streaming stats, that sort of thing. And it's really like your sales pitch, if you can imagine um, like an advertising agency pitching to a company, you're like the advertising agency sort of thing. Although maybe that should be swapped. I don't know about that analogy, but you know what I mean? It's like your sales pitch for why you should be on that show for why you should, um, you know, I guess your selling points in terms of why media should publish features on you, that sort of thing. Um, you mentioned photographs and that that's actually what, um, 
First Angel Media is built on. It started out as photography, concert photography. And I know um, while I was on your website today, I can't remember if it was a podcast episode or a section on the band coaching, but it talked about rules for photography. Do you mm, yeah. Want, again, just some highlights. Don't give away everything. <laughs> yeah. So actually, that's so funny that you saw that because it's uh, I got a very strong like reaction, a mostly comical reaction to that post. And it's basically if you want to look it up on my blog, monicastrut.com, it's 10 commandments for band photo shoots. So I won't give away all the commandments because I'll let you have a look and a bit of a giggle on that. So also I've got a graphic on my Instagram if you want to scroll through. Um, but yeah, I, I felt it necessary as a music journalist to put kind of this like 10 commandments rule book together um, for, for photography. So, I mean, one of the biggest things, and I don't know if you've seen this as well, is um, this not only goes for like photos, but also live shows. One of my biggest pet peeves, and look, it can be personal, that's why it's kind of comical, um, is when I see bands up there in like dirty old sneakers and like you're exactly at eye level on the stage and all I'm seeing is like these dirty sneakers of like these like musicians and look if that's like a part of your aesthetic um then maybe we need to have a chat but <laughs> um, for the most part like I don't know if that necessarily it works um it kind of looks like a bit daggy for lack of a better term it's and actually hearing yeah, sorry. It, it's funny that, that you mentioned shoes. We have a um, local bassist who plays in quite a few bands who doesn't wear shoes at all. Yeah, see, I prefer feel the vibration. That. Yeah, I prefer that because that's like a statement, right? Uh, and in Australia, um, so what's, uh, what is also very common is wearing thongs. Now, we call flip-flops thongs. So <laughs> I just want to like clarify that. Um, so you know so, what yeah, the other well, meaning is here? <laughs> I do. Okay. <laughs> um, and again, I would probably prefer your meaning of thongs as opposed to our meaning of thongs on stage because I think, again, that says more of a statement. So um, really these Ten Commandments are like make sure that you're turning up early to the photo shoot. Make sure that you're shooting two locations with two outfits so you're getting the most mileage. And, yeah, no dirty sneakers, no flip-flops uh, in the photos. Try and look a bit tidier. How important is branding for a band? And when would you consider doing a rebranding? Mm, that's such a good question. So branding's always been important for the music industry. I think there's this misconception that with social media, visuals are more important than ever now. But in fact, visuals have always been extremely important. It's just the technology that's changed and the way that people are consuming has changed. But I'd say it's a little bit more, uh, maybe a fraction more important. But um, 90% of the time people will see you before they hear you. So unless they come across you through streaming, unless they come across you through radio, most people are going to come across your video clips, your social media, media features, that sort of thing first. Um, and even with streaming, they're going to see your album artwork. So that really has to be captivating and your pro and then people will choose to click on your profile on Spotify. So your visuals are kind of like your social media and your streaming, um, setup is really kind of like the new liner notes of a CD. So um, because people are consuming through streaming, yeah, I like to think of like your socials as like the liner notes, the thing that people are going to flip through instead of flipping through that booklet um, at first glance, they're going to flip through like your Instagram page, right? 
So it has to be a reflection of the music and your values and your personality because branding is not just about the aesthetics. I think that you should consider rebranding with every major release and major releases to me, and I don't know if you agree, but would be probably EPs or album releases. So even though, I mean, you don't have to do like a Bring Me the Horizon and completely change your aesthetic, although that can certainly work when you're a band of their level, but um, I guess revisiting and tweaking and having those kind of releases as chapters in your journey um, is is good. It keeps the listener engaged and interested. And uh, I think that it's it's really important to, I guess, once again, reflect because your music's going to constantly evolve. So naturally your your imagery should constantly evolve as well. So yeah, I think that that's like a general rule is like with every major release, um, rebrand. Now my band's just done a big rebrand because we've had in the past um, 18 months a lineup change and we're going in a slightly different musical direction to our original, our first EP with releasing a new EP this year. And we took the whole of 2020 to like plan that out and to, um, and you know, much, a lot of it was like out of our control. We were actually planning on shooting a video a year ago and we only shot it like a couple of weeks ago. We had to reschedule like five times because of restrictions. Um, so we had a lot of time to like think about and plan and now our branding and we're literally just in the early processes of relaunching now. Um, everything is extremely intentional with the visuals and we find it really fun. It's like a really good opportunity to, it's not really like a burden. It, it's more like an opportunity to get artistic with the visuals. So rebranding can be, yeah, an, another creative outlet. It doesn't have to be stressful. I'm glad you brought up 2020 because that plays right into the next question. So with the current pandemic situation, a lot of venues and bands haven't been able to make money and one of the things that I read on monicastrut.com today was um, seven things that you can do online, that a band can do online to make money right now. Mm -hmm. And again, don't give it away. Just kind of touch on it because ultimately yeah. I want some bands to head your way. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it's really interesting because this is a topic that I've had to think about in a lot of detail in 2020. Um, not only for myself, but also seeing bands in the local scene who maybe aren't earning a profit from their music yet um, and are kind of stuck in these, I don't know, I think like 2020 really forced us to have a think about where we are in life. And because we're spending a lot of time indoors, naturally that comes with a lot of like pensiveness and going at reflection and, you know, remembering all the things that we used to take for granted, such as going to concerts and everything like that. So this was one of the, the topics that, yeah, I definitely put a lot of thought into. And it's been really cool watching musicians and other industry, um, industry people like media and everything pivot. So the conclusion of that is this, kind of realization that, I mean, I, I had it before, but now I feel it even strong, more strongly is that as a musician, you're not just a musician, you're an entrepreneur and we don't need to um, just rely purely on the royalties and ways of earning an income through our music uh, as, as our only revenue stream. So for me, like just going back to why I started my business, I was stuck in a nine to five 
um, that I really hated. I was like having anxiety going to work. It was just like, was not a creative environment at all. And uh, it, I was like very understimulated, undervalued, underpaid, and it was really wearing away at me. So I was thinking to myself, and then my band broke up and I was like, oh no, like that was my like meal ticket out of here. So I really had to think to myself, okay, well, how can I have the lifestyle that I want being a musician now and not wait another few years until my my next band, I have, didn't even have a next band at that point, not wait, you know, till the next band gets, gets bigger or, you know, starts earning an income because that's years. So I was like, okay, well, how can I, how can I earn money? So I've been helping a lot of musicians this year think of themselves more entrepreneurial. So whether that's going out on their own and doing a similar thing to what I do in terms of like consultancy, so there's, there's some people that I've spoken to that are really good at like the visual side of things. They do photography in their spare time. Well, how can we um, branch out and how can you promote yourself more of, of like a photographer or someone that helps style bands? Um, a lot of like musicians are music teachers in their spare time. So a lot of it is to do with, of course, I mean, we'll always have like those streaming royalties or like the the funds from like actual physical CDs or vinyls. But also um, a lot of bands have been um, putting out merch lines um, and then also utilizing the skills of the individual person, whether that be teaching, consulting. Um, you know, if you if you're good at recording, maybe you can work with bands on songwriting and pre-production before they go into the studio. Or maybe you are at that point where you do have like a really good studio set up. And you can just do the process from start to finish. Thinking outside the box about creating the life that you want to live now, which is probably one of like a more freedom-based lifestyle, um, not, you know, not being under the thumb of like the man and being told like when to show up to work. Like how can we create that more entrepreneurial lifestyle now? And it's not out of integrity just because you're not earning money from your like from your actual music. It's actually um, going to, I don't know, it's just going to be more fulfilling and it's going to be more sustainable if, if, if that interest, like if that's of interest to you, I mean, some people like to just clock in, clock out of your job. And that worked for me for a really long time as well. Um, but if you are someone that's kind of at that point where 2020 you were reflecting and you're like, oh, I just want to be like on the road on tour. I just want to be creating every single day. Well, maybe look at some other avenues. How can you utilize your skills and start working for yourself? Um, and yeah, put that into place now. And that's going to be, um, yeah, what I started saying more sustainable so that you don't burn out. And so that, you, I guess, feel more fulfilled on the way to making your band or artist career successful as opposed to just waiting for the day where your band gets signed or big or whatever and then quitting your day job. So I already mentioned your, your podcast being in a band and I listened to, I think it was three episodes today. For the listeners, can you give them the premise behind the podcast? Yes. So the podcast is really meant for a couple of things. It's to share uh the knowledge that I have acquired through my journalism career and through digital marketing um, and also through my previous music projects. And it's also a way of like me documenting my journey in my business and also in my band, um, because I think we don't often get to peek behind the velvet curtain and see like how bands are actually going about their launches or what their pro how much, Sometimes we take for granted, you know, when a band puts out like a really great video and it's really cohesive with their album artwork and their social media and it's all working together. Sometimes it's easy to look at that and be like, 
oh, well, they just had a really clear vision from the start and it looks, they make it look effortless. But actually, if you peek behind the curtain, there's like hours and hours of like meetings and discussions and arguments about how that's all going to work and the planning and everything. So it's a way of me to kind of document um, my band's process and chat to other musicians and industry professionals as well about their work in the industry. Um, selfishly, I mean, I have um, a membership, which is kind of like this, the partner of the being in a band um, podcast. It's called the being in a band membership. And um, for it, it's my selfish way as well of if there is like a gap in my knowledge um, of like interviewing people um to get that knowledge that I can then share with my like clients and audience and everything like that. So uh, an example of that is uh, I did a masterclass in the membership on how to get bigger shows. And whilst um, I have got bigger shows in my previous projects and I've worked with a lot of bands that are at that point where they're doing like support slots and everything like that. I was like, I feel like there's just a little bit more that I need to know. So I asked two really key uh booking agents and promoters in Australia to come on the podcast. And if I could interview them on my blog, um, shout out to Bailey Graham of Destroy All Lines and Octane and also uh, Danny from Silverback. And I, I just picked their brain and that um, selfishly allowed me to, to get that knowledge, but also share it with my audience at the same time. So it's kind of like a win-win. It's very similar to what I'm doing right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, so, I mean, helps everyone, right? <laughs> um, so what we're going to do now, we're going to take a moment. We're going to listen to two songs. We're going to listen to the last martyr song, Like a Ghost, and a Common Crown song, Awake. And then we're going to come back with Monica. And uh, she's going to get to experience the Real PA Rock Show and answer some of those off-the-wall questions that I have. <laughs>
Hey, that was a common crown awake. And right before that, you heard the last martyr, like a ghost. Um, with me today is Monica Strutt, the lead singer from The Last Martyr, um, and Hello. and a band coach. Um, if you were not listening to the first half of the show, you need to go back and listen and get an idea of um, where she's coming from and her experiences and what she has to offer to the rising artist. Um, you can go to her website, which is scrolling below her right now, monicastrutt.com. Hey, Monica, so I'm, I'm going to give you an easy one to start off with. So we just listened to Like a Ghost. Is there a story about that song that you can give us? Mm, yes. So Like a Ghost is kind of my conversation with all of my friends who have been tempted to give up entirely on their music career. So I think as a musician, it's a really tough road and there's going to be a lot of points in your career where you consider just giving up, getting a normal job, living a normal life, having a family or whatever that looks, whatever, whatever that looks like to you, because it is a very unconventional and can be a very difficult path. So Like a Ghost is really a conversation that I've had many times with my my very talented peers. And I went to music college with 90 people um, who were all extremely proficient at their instruments and seemingly wanted that big dream of making money from music. And there's only about three of us left a couple of years later doing music, which is really sad. But I mean, as long as, I mean, it's, it, look, it's not for everyone. People's ambitions change, but yeah. And then when I wrote that song, I actually realized that not only was it a conversation that I'd had with my peers, uh, it's actually a conversation that I've had with myself many times. So it's kind of a plea to keep pushing through, um, keep going. And, uh, you know, what, whatever you want in life is kind of on the other side of fear. Um, if you were able to portray any musician in a rockumentary who would you want to play oh hands down it would be chrissy Amphlett from divinals another great australian well not not that i'm saying i'm great but she's a great australian icon um so i mean you guys would know her from the song i touch myself um but she has many many amazing amazing tracks like boys in town pleasure and pain sleeping beauty i i actually used to have brown hair and i like for such a long time, I wanted like to grow up and just be like the next Chrissy Amphlett. So yeah, I, she had like a crazy lifestyle. Like I've read her bio multiple times when I was a teenager. I used to like read it and like underline it. Um, yeah. Rest in peace. <laughs> She's amazing. So that answer may play right into this, this next question. Um, if you could sit in, on a bench with your musical hero, but only ask that person one question. Who would you sit with and what would you ask them about? Mm. Yes, it would definitely be, be Chrissy, I would say. Um, and I would ask her, I would ask her, what do you say to yourself when you feel like giving up? Because I feel like that could help not only myself in those moments, but a lot of other musicians too. That plays right into to your song as well and what we were discussing in the first half of the show again make sure you go back um if you are listening on one of the um streaming stations you can always go to build and find the podcast notes and page and listen through that website or any of the podcast directories all over the world we're in 
as many as I could find. If I was to go on tour with, what would the soundtrack of the days off be? So what would we listen to while we were traveling from city to city? Well, if I had control over the uh, the, the soundtrack playing in the two of us, uh, it would be 100% like pure 80s glam rock. <laughs> it would be like, we would be like playing like the dirtiest stuff. Like we'd be playing like Motley Crue. We'd be playing like Pat Benatar, Guns N' Roses, Alice Cooper. And my bandmates would absolutely be hating every moment of it. But I would be seeing at the top of my lungs. Yeah, if my bandmates had control, they'd probably be playing like Issues or... You basically just listed off my playlist when I was playing lacrosse and hockey. Yes. Um, I would listen to before I went out to play. Like, seriously, like, I can't imagine a better genre to, like, get you pumped up to play the next show uh, that I could, like, warm up my voice to, that we could, like, dance to. Yeah, that'd be sick. Let's say that there was a catastrophic event that wiped out a good portion of the humans on Earth. And along with the the um, lack of humans, <laughs> each band only has one song that survives whatever the event was. What song from The Last Martyr would survive and help repopulate the earth? So I knew this question was coming and <laughs> I I was like, okay, I'm not going to say our upcoming single Hindsight because that would just be cruel. Well, I was <laughs> going to mention it in the next question. So <laughs> yeah, well, so I'm actually going to say one of our older tracks, which is called Fear, which is really about confronting fear and like doing the thing anyway. It's like, it's like kind of the, the predecessor to like a ghost. Um, and it's more of like an empowering number. Uh, so I'm going to say fear, which we do have a video clip for on YouTube. And then, um, since you brought it up, you are about to release a, your sophomore EP purgatory with the single hindsight, um, where once that's released and the current EP that you have out, um, where, where can the listeners get a copy of your music? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, the best place to go is probably our Bandcamp site, which is you can just search for The Last Martyr on there and grab it, the single, which it should be out um, by the time that this that this airs. Uh, and we have a forthcoming video clip for that. So we'd really appreciate um, if you if you want to support us by making a purchase through Bandcamp. But otherwise, we would love, love, love for you to leave us a comment underneath the video and just let us know that you like the track. Um, yeah, at the, at this point in time, that would, that's great. <laughs> so this next question, while it would normally be the easiest question because of the pandemic, it might be the hardest question of the night. And that's what's next for the last martyr. Hmm. Well, I mean, we are very fortunate that, uh, Australia doesn't have very many COVID cases at the moment. So whilst we have very, very heavy restrictions still in place. Um, just literally last week, um, we are now able to uh, not wear masks indoors. Um, so that's, uh, we still have to wear them shopping. So, um, but in terms of like uh, shows, we do have limited capacity so that there can be social distancing and sit down. So there's still very heavy restrictions considering we've got like pretty much no cases at the moment. Um, so we do actually have a show booked um, for the end of May, um, which details will be coming out right around the time that this podcast or this um, radio show airs. Um, so keep an eye out on that. So hopefully, like, 
I mean, everyone in a band knows that playing shows is like the best part. So we'll hopefully be announcing more. Um, and we do have two more singles coming out before we drop the EP, probably around September. Uh, so yes, we've got a lot of new music coming, videos. Uh, it's, it's, I'm really, really proud of myself and, um, Ricky and Vin and Ben, um, my bandmates are extremely proud of this next EP. So we're, we're very, very excited to share it with you. I want to thank you for hanging out with me. Um, I'm going to say tonight, but for you, it's, it's the middle of the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I need a second coffee. Well, yeah, no, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for asking me on. And this time frame was perfect because I didn't have to wake up early, which is, uh, what I usually have to do for interviews like this with people over in, in the U S and North America. So yeah, anytime. This has been episode number 563 of the Pennsylvania rock show. Make sure you check out the last and monicastrut.com. Pennsylvania Rock Show comes to you each and every Friday, 6 a.m. And the first airing on a streaming station is 8 p.m. Buildascene.com. For the other stations that I mentioned at the beginning of the show, the schedule is listed on the website. I don't have that memorized. <laughs> Once again, make sure you check out The Last Martyr, especially since the new EP should be out when you are hearing this. And uh, Monica, thanks again for hanging out with us. Excellent. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Bill, and we will catch you next week. I am not a no!
This episode of the Pennsylvania Rock Show has ended, but be sure to subscribe to be introduced to more of the best on-sign rock and metal that Pennsylvania has to offer. Don't forget to rate and review the show, and we'll see you on the next episode.